Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, friends, and welcome to season three of Quit Your Day Job. I am your host, Alicia Fernandez-Miranda. In this podcast, you'll learn all about the fascinating jobs that people do, some that you might never have even heard of, as you contemplate your own possibilities. I started this podcast because I've always been fascinated by jobs. I even quit my own day job to spend a year as an intern, and you can read all about it in my new book, My What If Year. It's out now and can be bought everywhere books are sold. Or head over to my website, aliciafmiranda.com, for more info. In these times of quiet quitting and great resignations and loud quitting or whatever, I think more people than ever want to follow their passion. Everyone on this podcast has, and I encourage you to do the same. Hey there, quit your day job listeners. I am so delighted to bring you this conversation today with the founder and CEO of Hey There Social Media. Did you see what I did there? Emily A. Hay and its COO, Ali Spitzer. Hey There is a community-led brand that upskills women with training to become freelance social media managers. Emily has been published in Fast Company, Blog Her, and was recently featured in the Fair Play documentary based on Eve Rodsky's excellent book. Allie came to Hay There with 15 years of executive experience in the male-dominated retail automotive industry. She's a published author of the memoir, Grand Theft Auto. Hope you enjoy this chat. Hi, everybody. And I am super excited today to welcome Emily Hay and Allie Spitzer to the podcast. Welcome, ladies, and thank you for joining me on Quit Your Day Job. Thank you for having us. Hi, Alicia. Thank you. We were just talking before we started recording about how we met at Alt Summit, which I said has been the most fertile breeding ground for the podcast this season. I almost feel like we should be doing some kind of collaboration because half the people I've interviewed this season have been people I've met or have connected with through that fantastic experience. It was so nice to be together IRL again, wasn't it? <laughs> it was It was the best. I find every, even like something that normally be like, oh, I mean, that was a great conference, but even like a boring conference, I'm like, I actually just want to go to everything and do everything now. That has been my, mm-hmm. my kind of coming out of lockdown experience, just an absolute desperation to connect with people in person and travel. I'm, I, I now need to start saying no to things because I keep saying yes to everything. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good ingredient, right? In this year's yes. recipe for connection. I love that. Maybe this is the year of connection. Oh, I love that. Well... <laughs> You two have this incredible business together. I cannot wait to get into your story and learn more about what you do. But as you know, we're going to kick off with a little this or that. We're up for it. Let's go. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Bring it on. Sometimes this is easy for me to put together because sometimes I interview people I know. And so I'll like go into like very deep cuts of our personal history to (laughs) tease them. But because we've just met briefly and I've been reading about you guys on the internet. So uh, you'll have to indulge me with my this or that questions. I hope they're going to be good. And we're going to get answers from both of you as we go along. 
You ready to go? Sounds great. Good to go. All right, <laughs> let's do it. Question one, TikTok or Twitter? Well, I'm jumping in right away, Alicia, to tell you TikTok for me. And I'll echo that TikTok as well. Now, do you create videos as well as just watch them? Yeah. So I, I love that question because, you know, as we all know, you don't know what's going to work on TikTok. And so I, I love the experimentation factor. It takes so much pressure off. So I personally have just gone for it with creating some content and, you know, following a bit of, of what you see is working, but yet being mindful that do it your own way. And, and see what sticks for you. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I had this recent experience where I actually posted a about a 30-second clip from the Fair Play documentary, um, which I know may or may not be discussed at some point. But that was something that uh, surprised me with how many people that TikTok resonated with and how many views. I think we were just over three and a half million recently and like 5,000 comments of people saying, yep, I know this life. I know what wow. that's like. So that was a fun one. My brother actually works for TikTok. And so (laughs) I have had like several months since he started there, like being like, I should really join TikTok. Maybe I should join TikTok, but I have yet to do it. I find it very intimidating, to be honest. Like I feel old, like I don't understand it. So maybe Mm -hmm. I should just not do it. (laughs) Oh yeah. Do not, first of all, do not feel old and do not feel intimidated. In fact, that's why I think I've gravitated towards it because it's come as you are. It is not the Instagram filtered pure life. So (laughs) I do enjoy a TikTok musical. So maybe that's going to be on my 2023 list is picking up TikTok. Sorry, everybody, if you eventually have to see my TikToks (laughs) as a result of this. All right. Question number two, Miami, Ohio or Miami, Florida? Al, you got to go first. Well, I was born in Miami, Florida. So I I don't think I knew that actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I was born down there and I just was back from the Keys. We spent New Year's there. So I have to go with Miami, Florida. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm going to go Miami, Ohio because I'm from Ohio. So that gets my vote. (laughs) I also grew up in Miami, Florida, as I think you guys know. And I was always fascinated that there was another Miami like... (laughs) I'm, maybe, maybe next one. leg of book tour, I'm going to go to Miami, Ohio, because I just, it felt like all these people were living this parallel life, but they were in a really cold place. And I just was like eternally fascinated by the fact that there were two Miamis in the U.S. So, all right, you <laughs> guys have to just get on TikTok, right? Before you get to Miami, oh, Ohio, the college town. All right. I'll be like, everybody, <laughs> I'm here ticking uh-huh. and talking. <laughs> all right. Question three, breakfast meetings or after work drinks? Oh, I don't know. I would take either. Either. Is that an answer? <laughs> yes, you could choose both. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, so many real things come out in after work drinks, but breakfast meetings, you're you're ambitious and ready for the day. So it's I if I had to choose one, I'd say the breakfast meeting. I feel like I get a lot done in the morning, but funnily enough, I worked a job once where my team was majority women and we used to go to the gym at lunch and get like a ton of stuff done at the Mm. gym. And I like finally understood all of these cliches about like men going to the golf course and doing business because it just was like, once you were sort of free of that work environment, it felt so easy to get things done. And also it was still like during the workday. So you could kind of manage your other responsibilities around that. Mm-hmm. Alicia, I have so many questions about that. I don't know how, how, how did you change clothes? How did you have the motivation to get back into work after you'd been working out in the middle of the day? That is so fascinating to me. <laughs> there was, there was like a gym 
I worked in Canary Wharf, which is a part of London, and it's like basically a giant mall and everything is connected underground. So, uh, and there was like a really nice gym and all the businesses around there had discounts for the gym. So we would all go to the gym. You know, there was like a bit of like, how how naked are we getting in front of each other, coworkers? Like that's something that had to be negotiated. But then uh, my favorite was that we'd work out for like 45 minutes and then I'd have a like chocolate smoothie after that was a quote unquote protein shake. And I was sure. like, feeling great at the end of it. I actually, I really enjoyed those days, but I loved having that like bonding experience. And also I'm just, I'm very sweaty. So having that with my team, like letting them just see me get super sweaty seemed to humanize me, I guess, because I was their boss at the time. So that was good. Oh, it's, it's very, <laughs> it's a very British thing too. I did a semester at Oxford in college and I joined a field hockey team when I was oh, cool. there and it was like college students and all the way up to women in their 40s, which at that time felt so old to me. <laughs> but um, it was a blast. And, you know, you we all went out afterwards and it was definitely an awesome way to get to know people. So it was really fun. That whole like working out, getting to know people slash coworkers. I'm sure that was great, especially being in London. Yeah. All right. Question four. Are you a news junkie or do you prefer to switch it off? Allie, go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm definitely more of a news junkie, but I love being able to tailor what I'm being fed in this day and age versus just picking up the newspaper. Interesting. I've, I've probably gone with turning, turning news off more than less as my way to just accept that I can't control the world. And so therefore I shouldn't let it get inside of my head at all times. I, I find it really interesting when you work a majority online job to hear how people respond to that question or a job that spends a lot of time online because sometimes it can be difficult. So my final question, which is not a this or that, it's just a question, which <laughs> is what do you do to switch off social media? Like, what do you do when you're like, ah, I'm not looking at it anymore. I'm not TikToking. What do you like to do when you're not on social media? I'll jump in just because just coming off the holidays, I had no problem not opening the apps. I, I really did. I was fine with that. It wasn't a must check what's going on. I didn't feel like I had FOMO. It was just, I need a full break. And so I, I assume my little green active now button was not active for some time. Nice. <laughs> so just a, just a choice to not go on. That's pretty good. Allie, what about you? I, ever since I guess I'm one of those pandemic um, bread baker, I fall into that category, uh, have taken up some pretty serious baking and lots of desserts. So that's nice. kind of my switch off is to go into the kitchen and just cook something new. And it's been really fun. My family is very, very, they're big fans of it. <laughs> I mean, that was also, baking was also a big pandemic hobby for yeah. me. <laughs> baking and cooking stuff I couldn't get anymore because like all the restaurants were closed. So I learned to make yeah. dumplings. I learned to make uh, my own cinnamon buns. My own matzo ball soup, which is like my, mm -hmm. you know, my, my mom is Jewish. And so I grew up eating matzo ball soup and you can't get it anywhere in the UK actually. So now making my own is a very good skill to have, but I, I was listening. Yeah. That. I was wondering what of all the things you baked, that sounded quite, uh, un-British. Un is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do, I do like a, you know, I'll do like a, some pies, British pies, like savory pies. Sure. Every now some and then. pies, a good yeah, shortbread. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. But too many raisins in those. I don't like British <laughs> desserts, actually. I think British desserts are terrible. But that could be a whole other podcast, me lamenting how <laughs> I hate British desserts. But 
You guys survived the this or that round. Congratulations. Thank you. That was fun. Um, All right. So let's kick it off uh, by describing for our wonderful audience what it is that you guys do at Hey There. Gosh, Ellie, I'll take the first crack at that one. Um, so, so hey there, social media. We describe it often, Alicia, as a community-led brand. Uh, we've also described it as a unique training company. Hey there, social media is a company that started as a boutique social media agency. Um, it was it was my vehicle, my brand, as I went out into the freelance social media marketing world back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. It was always a a remote team of all women. They happened to be moms before I was even a mom. And we really packaged that decade of experience into a six-week curriculum. And although a lot of people are over that word pivot, I'll call it the the transition. You know, Hayther really transitioned into what I said about being a unique training company that takes a 10-year freelance career um, into a, a very transferable, learnable skill set that moms all over the country are are learning today. And Ali, how did you and Emily meet and connect? Sure. So Emily and I met about 11 years ago, actually, at a conference. And I was there in a different capacity for... Uh, I was in automotive retail before I started working with Emily. And that's the purpose of the conference that we were at. And we ended up hitting it off right away and staying in touch. And when I was looking for my what's next around the pandemic, she was one of the first women that I thought to reach out to. Was, I kind of made it a project to reach out to women that I admired and had followed her journey over the years. And when I did that, she said, wow, I'm at this amazing point in my business and really looking to to grow and would love to talk to you more. And we haven't looked back. That was in May of 21. We're yin and yang, aren't we, Allie? Yes. <laughs> talk, talk to me a little bit about what it's like running a business together in partnership, because I think that when you look at, I interviewed someone in the second season uh, of Quit Your Day Job, Monica Molinar, who's one of the co-founders of My Alloy, which is a women's health uh, platform. And I had asked her for some, for her, like we were doing top fives then instead of this or that. And I said, uh, you know, what's like your top five dynamic duos of women in business? And she came back and she was like, you know, I really struggled to find companies that I know about with kind of co-founders who are women. But increasingly, certainly with small and medium-sized businesses, I hear about a lot of partnerships of of women who are running businesses together. What's it been like working together? And, you know, what are the kind of stickiest, but also the best parts of doing that? I mean, Ali, I feel like we could take this a couple of directions. First of all, just with my professional background compared to yours, I think is really the, the foundation of what makes us work so well because we have such different perspectives. So maybe I would start there to just say that, as I'd mentioned, my background was in in sales and marketing and social media marketing was the, the path that I took to become a freelance professional. So for a long time, it was completely normal to me to work on contract basis and have a contract team and, and be you know a, a member of a contract team. So that was something that I guess I brought to the table that was different from your perspective, Allie. So your your professional background? My professional background is more at scale, managing a lot of different demographics, a lot of, you know, HR experiences, you name it. I've been there. Um, and so my my background just experiences professionally. I've covered the gamut 
I think of most things that you that you can be can be thrown at you. I've I've experienced it um, as well as a lot of advocacy and lobbying experience. So I feel like we we fill each other's gaps pretty well with the with the foundation of sharing the same passions and drives, but they are expressed in different ways. Mm. Emily is a brilliant, creative, never her brain never turns off. She's always thinking uh, new and different directions. And I love her energy all the time. I guess I'm uh, my energy is more of like a, I'm a water sign. So more of a kind of step back, look at the perspective, longer, you know, tail, dovetail sort of approach. So I think we really do complement each other. And what we don't have in physical, you know, presence, which because we both work, I'm in Cleveland and she's in Detroit. We we have something that I think a lot of people who do work physically in the same office don't have. And we just have this basic understanding of each other and that we are completely 100% committed to this is going to work. There is no other option. I love that. One of the kind of reasons I was really attracted to your story is I read the piece that you published, which was calling about saying, just go freelance is crappy advice. And <laughs> it's a fantastic piece. And I think that certainly that feels, you know, when people are struggling with the kind of boundaries of traditional corporate work, the time that they have to be there, especially if you're a mom, especially if that means that you can't be flexible in terms of taking care of your kids, you know, going freelance seems like a great option. But you have a you have a little bit more of a nuanced perspective on that. Emily, tell me a little bit about what advice you might have for people that are thinking about going freelance. What are the things they need to keep in mind? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sure. And thank you for your, your compliments on that article, Alicia. Allie and I worked, worked very hard at that to really get some clarity around what you had just said. Sounds like very sound advice. Just, just go freelance. You know, the numbers are in favor of freelance being a very powerful uh, work trend. Um, you no longer have to convince people that you have a life at home. Um, it's okay if there's a dog in the background once in a while. Um, so, so we felt like this is also obvious, but yet it's still a very improvised professional path. And you, know, you can't major in freelance. You can't, you can't have a freelance internship or otherwise I feel like you would have found it, Alicia. <laughs> but, but we really brought this perspective that we spend so much time acknowledging that women are looking for what's next. And many times that's due to perhaps a career gap, or perhaps they're just looking for a different way to be fulfilled professionally and use their talents. And so when Allie and I look at 
hay there and that we see so many women that have found social media marketing as their vehicle, we kept seeing that we had to educate people what freelance was in the first place. Mm. So in a way we were, we were going from like A to Z um, and didn't realize that there were a couple of letters in between for people that said, well, I've never worked freelance. I'm not a writer. I'm not a photographer. How could I possibly be a freelancer? So we said, while it is a very viable and um, in vogue way to work professionally today, post-pandemic, um, and those numbers are only growing, mm. it's still very dangerous to tell women to just go freelance. I think sometimes you can end up with double the responsibilities, basically, because you are trying to grow a business. And oftentimes the domestic responsibilities don't necessarily scale back in order to allow you to do the things you need to do to be on your own and be generating your own business and doing all of that. It can be really, really tricky. Allie, you wrote in your bio that Hey There is about helping women find new ways to work, which I loved. Mm -hmm. Is there things in your own career path and your experience that made you feel like you were attracted to helping other women figure out a different way? Absolutely. I mean, there's several things. Uh, first of all, being 42 now and having had a whole lifetime of a male-dominated retail career, I saw day in and day out the challenges that left the company without half of the population to be able to attract just because of hours. You have to be there. Mm -hmm. And even though it's a, it's a uh, a career that doesn't require uh, being an automotive retail doesn't require a lot of experience, you know, previous experience. That same thing that women go into real estate all the time. You have to get licenses. There's odd hours, but still, so many women are not attracted to automotive retail. So, I saw that as a a huge red flag. There's three percent of dealerships in the country are owned by women, and so. Seeing that and my personal experience of being a mom of three and never taking a maternity leave, having uh, conference calls in my hospital bed, I, I just oh, thought, <laughs> I just thought at the end of the day and having to pretend I wasn't a mom or having, you know, breaks at meetings where the men would just freeze and not know they couldn't talk to me about sports or they assumed they couldn't. So they would just ask me how my kids are. And why aren't you asking this guy mm -hmm. over here about his kids? It's insulting. And I just ultimately feel that women need to know it's okay to, to be looking for something more. I felt that I really wanted to, to make a huge footprint in this world somehow. And I felt that seeing from my experience personally, and knowing so many women that you don't have to be my age, but everyone I know my age or who has been my age, mm -hmm. you're, you're kind of done having kids. They don't really need you so much anymore. You may still want some freedom and independence to be able to be a professional, but you don't have to sacrifice one for the other. There are other options, especially with everything that we have, all the resources that, that we have now in terms of, you know, being able to work from home and work professionally in your uh, a professional challenging capacity from home. I, I want more women to know that that's an option because I do believe that what I'm doing now has changed my life for the better. I love my job. I love hearing the women that we've trained collaborate with each other in you know, five different time zones and, and know that there's a true cohesive team mentality, even though we're all working independently. And in this American culture, Women have to figure it out for themselves. 
And if we can make, you know, any sort of difference so women don't have to feel that way all the time, Mm. I think we have made a huge impact. I really love watching things. I, I, I find it fascinating to see how much things have changed. Even, you know, we're around the same age and when I started my professional life, even though I worked in primarily, I have always worked in primarily female dominated fields. Like most of my coworkers have been women in most of the jobs that I've done. Most of the men were, most of the bosses were men in a lot of those fields. And there was a lot that I feel like I put up with or just expected, well, this is the way things are early in my career, that it feels like this generation of women coming up behind us are not putting up with. And even women our own age who are like, actually, no, like this is not, I'm not going to follow this path. I'm going to chart my own path because that's what I want to do. I mean, do you see that with the women that come to your trainings that are kind of attracted to, hey, they're being part of what you do? You know, one thing I, I would say about that, Alicia, it's funny, women putting up with the way things are or, you know, in, in a professional capacity, I guess, I mean, that's been one of my latest awakenings and enlightenments is just, I think I subconsciously was putting up with the way things are in my own home, mm. not necessarily in my professional situation, because I was like you, Alicia, my colleagues were female, my clients were female, the conferences I went to were females, um, unlike Allie. So I guess that's just one thing I, I just thought was interesting that I haven't really, um, I've been encouraged to see women say, well, I'm not going to put up with the way things are in a personal context. As for the women that we that we see, you know, coming through training, I think one of the common things they all have is they're willing to say yes to something without all the answers. And that kind of bravery is not nice. something all people have, let alone all women. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's conditioned out of us. So there's just a lot of reasons why women will put themselves second, will put themselves last. And so for any woman that has gone through our program, she she does have, you know, a scrappiness and a desire to feel like there is there is a point for me to do more and be more and this is a way for me to get there. So, Allie, do you agree with that? Absolutely. For sure. I mean, that's one they there is no two identical situations that women are are finding and and signing up for Hey, there's training. They're not, they're not all the same. They're they're very different from each other, but they do share that willingness to gamble on themselves, which takes a lot. It, it's very scary. You feel selfish as whether it's you're a mom or a caregiver. You you're kind of it feels unnatural almost. So it's nice to see people breaking through that. Emily, I want to go back to your point about kind of uh, sharing responsibilities in the domestic level because you know you talked a bit about at the beginning about the fair play documentary and I'd love to hear your experience I'm such a huge fan of Eve Rodsky and her book tell me a little bit about that experience for you and kind of what that brought out for you thank you so with with fair play I mean the short story I read the book in 2019 gobbled up every word out of Eve Rodsky's mouth because it was she put words to feelings that I I certainly didn't have and I've just always been a lover of systems and I've always been a, a fan of you know do it once but then don't have to figure it out a second time and so the way that she had this repeatable system that seems so logical um, of a way to fairly, not equal, fairly divide the invisible labor and the domestic labor in one's home in order to allow women to become all they are meant to be really spoke to me. And before I kept leading with, you know what? I work for myself. I have flexibility. It doesn't matter if I have to do all the household work. Mm. I get to do it flexibly. And that was inherently wrong. Yeah. Just because I could do it flexibly didn't mean that I needed to do it all. And 
I also wasn't even giving myself the chance to really be and do all I could professionally if I kept going that way. So um, it, it led us to to being a part of the Fair Play documentary, and it is a daily journey and exercise. <laughs> um, there is no you know glamorous before and after, but what I will say is I mentioned how it, it's been an enlightening because I never gave I gave I never gave proper credit to just how much your personal operating system impacts your professional one. Totally. They're very linked, very, very linked. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about the characteristics that you find. So I guess if someone is looking at your training program and thinking about social media and marketing as something they want to go into, what are the things you would say, okay, these are the things you need to think about before you sign up. These are the things you need to think about before you move in this direction with your career. Thanks. Um, Allie, I would jump in only to say that we study those common denominators, um, the the criteria, you know, what makes someone really good at being a social media freelance marketer. Um, the one thing I would say is don't get hung up on it being social media. Okay. I mean, we we love social media because of course it's a it's a medium, right? It's um it's it's a discipline of marketing, but it is a very transferable skill set. So one of the things we see from women that come to us is they simply say, I want something flexible, but I'm creative and I enjoy, you know, learning about new things. Most of them are strong in a written communication capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, if you're going to be a social media marketer, you're going to create content for people. So whether that's video or photo or written um, short form, long form, they at least feel that they can get, get their points across in, um, in a written communication form. So that's something we see. Allie, anything else that, that we, as we think about the women that have gone through, I know you mentioned there's not really a, Oh, they all have backgrounds in communications. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, we see former teachers. Sure. We see, yeah. I think taking the leap in itself is a is a huge, you know, can be an intimidating thing, but not putting pressure on what you can do with it. Understanding that there's so many ways to go. It's not a, um, you know, formal marriage that you're, you're signing on for the rest of your life. It could be a, a used to fill a, a gap in, in your resume. Um, you can upskill or supplement your current skill set, which is something nearly every professional needs to do within the next five years anyway. And social media happens to be one of the most high demand new skills, I guess, not new necessarily, but skills that people are needing and that companies do want to see. And it, it really can be used in such a huge variety of ways that it's almost, I would challenge, you know, nearly anyone who's looking to upskill in anything to find, uh, to not find, to find something that social media skills would not apply to. So I think just having, having, knowing that it's a pretty good bet is is some confidence during a um, tumultuous, like emotional situation of, of making the leap to begin with. It's a really good way to think about it. I mean, do you, I, I have a conflicted relationship with social media. Like I, love it sometimes and truly hate it sometimes. Sometimes I see it as a necessary evil for like part of my job. And sometimes I really, really enjoy it. And I find so much value in it. Do you guys also feel conflicted? Do you just kind of like, have you embraced it? Like what's your relationship like with social media? Well, I've probably glossed over a little bit here of what we are referring to. You know, we say these women are are becoming social media marketers. So I guess one thing, Alicia, just for baseline, (laughs) 
businesses, small to medium, um, often agencies, you know, they, they need someone to be their social media manager. So, so doing posts on their behalf, managing their community, running their Facebook ads, doing reporting and whatnot. When you are doing that for a business, I feel like it takes all the emotion and the sting Mm. out of the conflicting relationship many people have with social. In other words, you can be a really great social media marketer and not take pictures of your own lunch and children and post all the time. So now now using the platforms is important to get familiar with them. But people that come to our program, they aren't social media newbies, but they may be more of those social media consumers as opposed Mm -hmm. to the creators. So that... That has just been off the shelf for me this whole time I've been a social media user, that it's never felt like, okay, well, I'm putting my entire life on display. I enjoy being creative within the container of what is my client's product or service. And so women have a lot of fun doing that. So I don't know, Allie, if you feel yeah, like that. I, yeah. I would add to that. I mean, personally, I was told for years to stay away from it professionally because I was too approachable, dealing with the general public living, you know, in the area where I, where I was known. Um, so I kind of did stay away from it. It's not natural for me personally to use, Mm -hmm. but I know as someone who has been in business and, you know, handled large marketing budgets, the importance of social media and how terrible businesses are in general at it in one way or another, they're terrible. And women are, you know, by and large, the, the main consumers they are the audience. They should be, you know, the most natural fit for representing a brand, whatever it may be. So from a professional standpoint, it's only going to become more valuable for businesses to utilize social media in their as a main method of marketing. I mean, it's not, it's almost, it's like not an option not to have it anymore. I can't think of a single business that doesn't have it. And that's actually a really good way to think about it. I asked that question because my husband back in the day had set up a social media agency and um, now he sold it and he doesn't do that anymore. But now he's like, like desperate. He wants like a Nokia flip phone. Like he's so, he wants like no technology in his life. Mm -hmm. And he really went like, he went really, really far in the other pendulum swing. But I think that's a really fair point. Like if you're doing this as your job and it's just another marketing vehicle, it doesn't necessarily have to be about you, you, you and your life and how you feel about yourself and all of that, you know, if you're using it for work. So I totally hear that. Guys, it's been such a fantastic conversation. I have loved hearing about what you do. I normally like to finish up by asking for some advice on behalf of our listeners. And I think you really find people often you find women at these real transition points in their lives when they come to you. So what advice would you have for someone who is at that inflection point, who's thinking about making a transition? What advice do you have for them? I would say what we've been learning ourselves over and over again, that something good comes from every action you take. And, you know, to say yes, without all the answers, something good will come from it. And you can what if yourself out of anything. So just get moving and, and the rest will get will follow. And I would just add to that that, you know, I have not come across one person who has said, I've got it figured out. I know what I'm doing for the rest of my career and I'm happy about it. It is okay. In fact, we should, you know, change the the attitude around this what's next, you know moment that we all tend to experience in our lives and say, all right, this is an opportunity. And I'm just happy that we're able to provide one answer rather than just be be able to sit here and say, this is my story and this is why it should inspire you. 
We'll take it one step further and say, and the, here, you can go do this yourself. This is one way you can answer your question of what's next. Love it. So tell us where people can find out more information about you guys and Hey There. Thanks, Alicia. Our website is heytheresocialmedia.com and it's H-A-Y. And you can find all of our socials and anything on there. Um, we even have a quiz. You know, is this a fit for you? Um, anything from the site. Love it. All right. Well, after this call, I'm going to go learn a TikTok dance and figure out how to do it. I've been inspired. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you, Alicia. I can't wait to read your book. Thanks so much for listening to Quit Your Day Job. We are produced by Zibby Audio and want to send a huge thanks to Zibby Owens, Chelsea Grogan, and the team at Texture Sound for their support. Don't forget to buy your copy of my What If Year, which is out now. You can also sign up for my mailing list on aliciafmiranda.com or find me on Instagram at aliciafmiranda. It's the best place to hear about future podcasts and, of course, memes about Gilmore Girls. And if you decide to quit your day job, please share that too. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.